What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblaze reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked on Blazers your first listen every day, free on all platforms. So make it a part of your daily routine to make it your first listen every single day. Today's show is going to be a fun one. We got some NBA coaching news with a Blazers connection. We're going to take a spin on the tankathon, a couple, three spins on the tankathon as we typically do. We're talking about the value of trading draft picks and some some trade scenarios that uh, some listeners have posed as we head as we creep a little bit closer to that May 17th lottery day to find out where the Blazers will actually pick. Let's start with the news though. Some Blazers adjacent news, Blazers past news. Uh, on Friday, reported, first reported by ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, former Blazers head coach Terry Stotts interviewed for the Lakers head coaching position, met with Lakers brass, Lakers decision makers, which includes their GM and Kurt Rambis and owner Jeannie Buss and uh, the whole whole cohort of people friends with Jeannie Buss. and Stotts is is one of sort of the preliminary candidates that the Lakers are interested in. It go they are in, in addition. Wojnarowski reports that the the Lakers have uh, requested to interview and begun the interview process with Milwaukee assistant coach Darvin Ham and Toronto Raptors assistant coach Adrian Griffin. Uh, neither Griffin nor Ham have been head coaches before, but both you know long long time uh, assistants in the league as Terry Stotts was before he got his first gig uh, in Atlanta and then Milwaukee. Is this Blazers news? Yes, for this time of year. Um, no, no major impact on this. I think the other, the sort of the, there's no like direct Blazers impact on this, but Stotts is sort of, I mean, he lives here. It's like lo- local man of interest gets, uh, gets uh, interviewed for the Blazers gig. Uh, but I, I think moreover, it, this is like um, a reminder that Terry Stotts is like a totally legitimate NBA coach. Uh, so some other news before I get into my like actual Terry Stotts take. Uh Mark Jackson reportedly also interviewed for the Lakers gig, and Mark Jackson seemingly was in line to be the uh, Sacramento Kings' first choice, or at least it was reported by uh, Mark Stein and, and on his Substack on his newsletter that that uh, the Kings brass preferred the like Kings front office preferred uh, Mike Brown, former head coach in, in a couple different places, Lakers and and Cleveland, and uh, who's currently the chief assistant on Steve Kerr's staff in Golden State. That the Kings front office guys that they preferred uh mike brown but that ownership vivek randive preferred uh mark jackson the espn uh longtime espn analyst uh and you know former all-star and former rookie of the year uh but like uh, today that kind of was ironed out because the Kings have officially or not, maybe not officially, but reportedly first reported by ESPN and then confirmed by a couple other places. They've gone with Mike Brown. That means that Mark Jackson is, you know, out of the running in Sacramento and probably still in the running, uh, with the Lakers, uh, like Stott's thoughts on this. I don't. I think Terry Stotts did his worst coaching job towards the end of his of his Blazers stint, and and it was time for the for those two to break up. But um, there was always this like a really aggressive vocal minority that assumed that Terry Stotts was like way in over his head and like too stupid to coach an NBA team, and that was always nonsense. Um, no one who I dealt with like in my time around players, there were certainly guys who didn't like what Terry Stotts did occasionally, and got frustrated with him, certainly disliked how they were used, but no one thought he was just like this doofus in over his head. Uh, other people around the league. He's really well-respected, you know, considered one of the best offensive coaches in the league. Uh, Obviously, his offense 
if there's a criticism of what he did, it was basically that um, eventually working with Dame for close to a decade is that it eventually became like, here's what Dame wants to do and we'll just let him do it. But even then, even when like the Blazers had kind of an unimaginative offense, they were in the top five in the offense, twi- top five in the league in offense twice uh, during that run of like, unimaginative offense like they're still extremely good on that end of the court he's terry's a good offensive coach um i I kind of assume that dame would make any coach good uh on offense if he's healthy so we'll see if he does that with with chauncey billups like in general i i think um you know coaches improve and 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 sometimes just like players like a change of scenery can 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 fix it can fix sort of what they need but like you Terry Stotts was not a very good coach in his first two stints with Milwaukee and Atlanta. He goes to to Dallas and he kind of figures it out as an assistant and he was really successful with the Blazers. I think Jason Kidd is a pretty good example of that. Not a particularly good coach in his first two head stops in Brooklyn and, and Milwaukee. Goes to, a, to the Lakers, is a really, you know, really successful as the lead assistant on a Lakers team in charge of their defense, their championship level defense kind of figures it out. Now he's in Dallas coaching the hell out of the Mavericks. Like I think coaches can improve like players can improve. Uh, I don't know. My my I think my read on the coaching the Lakers thing is that Stotts doesn't seem like the personality to corral LeBron's worst habits. Not that he's incapable of coaching them, not that he wouldn't get you know way more out of them, not that he couldn't cobble together like a pretty a more impressive offense than they were in the past and all those things. Like I I think his his, his strengths would still be his strengths. Like he'd still be a creative offensive coach and a good offensive coach, but it's just like coaching LeBron is just a whole different beast. <laughs> like it's just a different thing. Um, I don't exactly know who would necessarily be cut out for it. Um, seems like Ty Lue, someone who's afraid to like, wasn't afraid to yell back at LeBron was pretty good at it. Um, maybe Mark Jackson is that guy. If, if he indeed is, is someone for the Lakers and, and you know, maybe it's former coaches like Dar- former players, like former NBA guys like Darvin Ham and Adrian Griffin who kind of, you know, have n- know what it's like to play in the league a little closer could get, have this sort of gravitas to yell at, yell at LeBron. But um, yeah, like, I don't know. This is just, lo- here's your local news. Like Terry Stotts could be in the running for the Lakers gig. I hope, you know, Stotts is, uh, I hope he gets another shot at it. It's a pretty good coach, and I hope he gets another shot to coach somewhere if that's what he wants to do. Um, I don't know if I wish anyone the uh, the Lakers circus that it is. But, I mean, you know, teams that need new coaches are typically not very good, so it's not like you're going to land in, in a wonderful spot. That's your Terry Stotts news. Uh, let's... Should we take a spin on the tankathon? Let's let's simulate some NBA draft lottery stuff and talk about where the Blazers land in the second segment. But first betonline.net's got you covered with more odds, more props, more lines than ever before. So if you want to bet on the NBA playoffs, they're happening every single night. If you want to bet on any other sport, the NHL playoffs have kicked off. We're still, we're in the the early stages of uh, MLS and NWL soccer here. If you want to bet on domestic soccer leagues, soccer abroad, rolling along. We got tennis tournaments. There's uh, combat sports, MMA, couple couple UFC matches you could have got in on the weekend, as, as well as boxing. It's all there for you on Bet Online. So don't wait. Take advantage today. That's Bet Online where the game starts. All right. So let's take a little spin on the Tankathon. We've, uh, if you, for those of you who don't know what it is, let me intro it to you. Many of you are familiar with it, but if you're not, let me explain what's going on. Tankathon.com is a website that that tracks teams that are losing and and the and draft order as they head towards the bottom of the standings and then you can use their wonderful service to simulate the draft lottery now the draft lottery isn't for another as i'm recording this 11 days uh, it's may 17th at two, 
a week from this coming Tuesday. This is Monday, May 9th show. So uh, a week from this coming Tuesday, we'll be there. We'll know where the Blazers are going to pick, and then we will really dive deep into draft stuff. The moment you see that draft lottery go through on, on, on Tuesday, May 17th, this show becomes a heavy, 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 heavy draft show. That is what we will pivot to. Uh, we're still going to do some draft stuff now, but like deep dives. Once we know where the Blazers are going to be, I think that allows us to sort of dive deeper on what they might do. Right now, as it stands, the Blazers can pick one, two, three, four, or six through ten. They don't. They don't. They have like a less than 0.1% chance of picking 10th. So really it's it's 6, 7, 8, 9, 1, 2, 3, 4. They can't pick 5th because that is how it works. Um, they have the highest odds to end up with the 7th pick in the draft, but they, they have a 37% chance of landing in the top 4. So what I want to do here is I want to simulate... Uh, I want to simulate some of these, some of this draft stuff, and then we will uh, we will talk about where the Blazers land and uh, and kind of what they might do should they land there. So let's let's go to Tankathon. If you're watching on uh, if you if you're watching on the YouTube channel, you are gonna watch me do this with you right here. Let's pull it up. There we are, beautifultankathon.com. Um, let's simulate the lottery a couple times, thrice, and see where the Blazers land. Here's our first spin. Oh my goodness, the Blazers dropped two spots back to eighth. The Sacramento Kings jump up to the number six spots, the number one overall pick. The New Orleans Pelicans with that Lakers pick, pick seconds. And uh, Orlando, one of the only top three teams to stay in that top three, drops one spot to third. Indiana moves up to fourth. Uh, Houston five, Detroit six, OKC seven, and then there's your Blazers at eighth. Uh, the way Tankathon does this is that they, um, uh, for those scoring at home, I've now done this seven times and landed an eighth four times. Uh, it's incredible how quickly I get to eighth. It's a relatively likely spot for the Blazers to be. But uh, for um, the way Tankathon does this is they just have like the they have their guys. It, it, they don't. They're not doing by need. So the way the Bla the Tankathon does this, the Blazers are selecting uh, Benedict Matherin, a two guard from Arizona, who I'm intrigued by. I don't think the Blazers necessarily need other guards. I think they could use uh, better wings. But I I think Ben Matherin might be. You know, as Pac-12 Player of the Year, I think he's going to be uh, really good. I think if if I was here for the Blazers, I would be tempted probably by three names. I'd be tempted by Jeremy Sohan. I'd be tempted by uh, forward from Baylor. I'd be tempted by Jalen Duran, and I'd be tempted a little bit by Tari Eason, although he seems to be sliding such that the Blazers, if they if Eason is their guy, probably could trade back at eight. More on that in a moment. Um, I don't love Ben Matherin fit-wise, but I think he's pretty good. Let's, let's simulate another one of these, shall we? <laughs> the Blazers finish at ninth in my second one. Uh, San Antonio jumps up to one. They jump eight spots to one. Uh, Sacramento jumps five spots to two. And Washington jumps seven spots to three. That's all three. All the, the three teams in the top three all drop out of the top three. OKC stays put at four. Houston, five. Orlando drops four spots to six. Detroit drops four spots to seven. The Pacers drop to eighth. And the Blazers finish in ninth. Kind of the same same thing for the Blazers. Um, the name Tankathon has here, if you're watching on on, on uh, YouTube or if you're, you're listening on listening, uh, the name is Dyson Daniels. Uh, he's a G leaguer. He's played in the G League Ignite. Uh, from what I have read, Dyson Daniels may grade out as the best defensive 
a guard in this draft. Uh, that's intriguing for the Blazers. Like, I, I, again, this is like intriguing. I just don't think they need guards. I would lean for just, they just need more size. They need more depth up front. So I would lead, lean Jalen Duran. I would lead Jeremy Sohan. I would, I would lead Tari Eason, like I, for defensive players. Um, th- that's kind of, that's kind of my sort of my logic here where I would head, um, where I would head if they finish ninth. Let's do a one, one more time, shall we? I, ca- I can't believe my luck has been this bad. Let's, let's get a good one here. For the sake of audio content on the podcast. Let's go! The Blazers pick third in this one. Indiana jumps up to one. Sacramento two. Uh, Portland ends up third. Rounding out the top five, you got Orlando and Houston. Detroit falls all the way to six and OKC to seven. Everyone else stays put behind there. This is a really interesting one for me if if the Blazers end up three because what the two, like no matter what, I think if you're in the top three, the Blazers are going to get a a really useful player. Uh, Let me be clear. My sort of like number one choice here is uh is Jabari Smith from from Auburn I think that's the move right um I, I think that's I I think that's the direction you'd rather go because I think Jabari's combination of his shooting and some of his defensive ability seems like his floor is um his like impact floor right away is is up there where the Blazers could where he's most helpful to the Blazers right away um then I would probably lean Ben Caro because I think again, like in terms of help right away, but, but straight up, I think Chet Holmgren might end up being the best player in this class. It's just like, do the Blazers have the patience to really reap the benefits of how good Holmgren is going to be? So here's, here's what I, here's what I like about this spot. If the Blazers end up third, no matter what, they're getting a player. Uh, The way the Tankathon did it, Chet goes one, Jabari goes two, and the Blazers end up with Paolo at three. Great. Paolo Bancaro is going to be good. Like, um, you know, he's, He's got some offensive creation skills. He's the right size. Like he's he's gonna he's already as a teenager skilled at six ten and strong enough to overpower folks. Like he's 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 already physical enough to play at the next level. Skilled enough to play the next level. There's some questions about his defense. I think there's some questions about his outside shot and how that translates and, and and those type of things. And I think there's some question about like if he's only a one on one guy like he was used in in college. Can you know does a one on one score work at the next level? I don't think so, but I think he can be. I think you can utilize him different. I think with more shooters and more space at the NBA level. Um, you can just, teams just are better at attacking mismatches and getting you into spots you want to be in. So like, I think Ben Carroll is going to be really good. I, I really do. Um, I don't know if he's like, if I see him as like an MVP or like, you know, franchise altering player, but very good player for a long time. I have no, no, no problem uh, sort of seeing that. But this brings up an interesting one is like the Blazers, fin- their Blazers are third right here. And, it, and, and say they, say it works out for him such that, that Jabari and, and, Palo go one, two. I don't think that's very likely. I think Chet's going to go in the top two picks, but say he does and Blazers find themselves with the third pick and Chet Holmgren on the board. This brings up this really fascinating spot, right? Where Chet Holmgren is like a, you know, maybe this is sort of a generational defensive talent with some offense, like really real offensive upside because he can shoot and he can handle and he's gigantic. But maybe the Blazers don't want the they don't ha, they don't want to be patient, right? They don't want to uh, they don't want to say, hey, in year three, we think Chet's going to be incredible because in year three, your best player is thirty four years old, and uh, you know you're you're on the tail end of Damian Lord's absolute prime, and and uh, all of these things, right? Like it just the timeline doesn't doesn't line up. It puts the Blazers in a position to th- consider 
trades or to call around and see what a trade might be because you have an incredibly coveted thing right here. That's what I want to talk about to close the show. Uh, a couple listeners have asked sort of about, about trading picks, the value of trading picks. And I think considering this scenario and another one, uh, we'll talk about if the Blazers drop to fourth, I, I think it's I think it's worth it to consider what a trade might look like. Uh, to be clear, I think the Blazers, should, if they land in the top three, just take one of the dudes in the top three and try to be really good with a star. Like, that's it. But I think there's some other scenarios worth considering, and that's what we'll do to close the show. But first, Bill Bar time. You know what? It has packs a punch, tastes great, and is almost always in my cabin. That's right. That's like peanut butter brownie Bill Bar. I love Bill Bars. I've been telling you about them forever. And that's because they really are the best tasting protein bars on the market. And they pack a real punch, like seven on average, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four. Uh, four grams of sugar and just four net carbs. An incredible caloric trade-off for how much protein you're getting, and they taste great too. Uh, like I said, personal favorite peanut butter brownie, but you're going to find a flavor you like. If you go to built.com, you'll find some limited time flavors. You'll find some classics. Figure out what you like. Order more from there. And the whole time, use a promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Still a pass first point guard, still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers, and we're still talking draft stuff. I got a couple questions from listeners, and you if you want to send me a question, the best way to do that is to email me. And the email address is lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. That's lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Yeah, it has a lot of characters. Uh, I didn't get to rescue the old email address from Eric when he handed this off to me three years ago. So we got lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. It's an easy way to find me. It's it's uh it's in the it'll be in the episode description or uh trust me you'll track it down locked on blazerspod at gmail.com is the best way to ask questions in the future we're going to do a mail we're going to bring back mailbag later this week so i'm going to need more of your questions throw them at me there but uh listener kyle listener jeff v this podcast reminder is very popular with jeff's um it's they ask a couple questions about trading picks. And I think if you look back at sort of the, if we look at, consider the sort of tankathon spins we just had. If the Blazers land an eighth, not going to be a lot of takers at eighth, probably for what the Blazers have. Take a pick, get it right. Seventh, same thing. Take your pick, get it right. If the Blazers though land in the top three and there's a scenario where you can get a win now veteran, that brings up some interesting decisions you might have to make. And let me sort of pose the scenarios that uh, listener Jeff V posed uh, and kind of t- talk, like walk walk through these considerations. Basically, if the Blazers land in the top three, they're going to have something, really something of value to trade. If they don't land in that top three, they're going to, or the top four rather, they're really not going to have as much value. I, I think three, and then there's a cutoff to Jaden Ivey, and then there's another drop off, and it's like Keegan Murray's fifth, and then... I think there's a lot of guys in the 6 through 11 range that are pretty much interchangeable, 6 through 15 range that are relatively interchangeable. We'll see. Could be an interesting draft night. But say it's a team like Oklahoma City, which has two picks, their own and the one that they got from the from the Clippers this year. Like if, you know, do they offer up, say they say, say they fall all the way back like they did in that uh, third scenario to like 6th and eleven. Are they willing up? To, are they willing to give up six and eleven for three, and then the Blazers can get whoever they want at six if 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 Chet's not as as interesting to them, and they still have the eleventh pick. Say they send the eleventh pick now to to Detroit and end up with Jeremy Grant. Like is is not having Chet Holmgren 
or whoever might be on the board, not having Paolo Bancaro, is that worth the chance to have, say, Shaden Sharp and Jeremy Grant on the roster, or Ben Matherin and Jeremy Grant on the roster, or, or you know, if things work out, Keegan Murray and, and Jeremy Grant on the roster. Like, is is that um, is that exchange worth the risk? My general thought on this is no, and I also don't think in in, in general that OKC would offer that trade. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a handful of drafts since like there's been a bunch of movement in the top 10. Uh, in 2018, there was a ton of movement in the lottery. I believe four lottery picks were traded in 2018. Since then, it has not happened. There's been some late you know, teen selections traded exchange like that, but um, there hasn't been a bunch of movement in the sort of the top of the draft. 2017, famously, like uh, the first pick was traded for the fourth pick or the third pick rather. Like, it's not un- it's not unheard of to to for teams to trade back out of those spots. And I think if the Blazers end up in the top three, you consider trading back. But the idea that another team is, particularly OKC, which has like such a long tail rebuild, would value three over having two cracks in the first round, in the first, you know, 12 picks, that seems a little bit unlikely. And again, let me just be clear. Let me say this a million times because I'm going to get a lot of comments about it. Comment down below on the YouTube channel if you think I'm a dummy. Uh, like the Blazers should just use their pick. Almost regardless of where it falls in this, they should use their pick. But we're considering scenarios. The other scenario is is uh, from Jeff V is like the situation just straight up with Detroit. If, if Detroit in the in that uh, third spin we did on Tankathon, they fell all the way down to sixth. Would would Detroit tra- trade six and Jeremy Grant to move up to three? And should the Blazers do that? Again, no, I don't think they should, but that you get in these conversations. I think that gets you pretty close with Detroit, right? Like maybe they don't want to do that, but I think that is, if they are not a top three, don't have a top three selection, maybe that just, that is enough to quickly grease their wheels. And they say, yep, we'll move into the third. We'll give you a future, some kind of future pick and Jeremy Grant, let's go. We like all we've ever wanted is to add Paolo Bancaro and Marvin Bagley into the same backcourt. What a freaking dream. And then you've got your trade. Uh, same deal with Sacramento. They're going to be a little bit deeper in the lottery. They're they're behind the Blazers. The Blazers luckily luckily lost more games than the Kings. That's a weird thing to say out loud, but it's certainly true. Um, and it's like, would the Kings trade? You know, to move up. I don't think I would do this for three, but say the Blazers are like five and the Kings are nine. Would you kind of swap that and? and absorb Harrison Barnes into the traded player exception. Would you take like the, instead of drafting Keegan Murray, would you trade back and take say like Jeremy Sohan and and Harrison Barnes in exchange for Keegan Murray? Maybe like, maybe I don't, again, I don't, I'm not sure I would do that, but yeah, I think like you get, you start to sort of see what, if other teams are incentivized to give you a veteran. The thing is, I don't think, like specifically a team like the Kings would give up because they want to be good, would give up a veteran to move up spot to add another youngster. Like they, they want to be good right away. They're going to want something else in exchange. They're not just the trade of player exception, not just to like get out of uh, Harrison Barnes's money. So it, I think to answer Jeff V's question more directly, the value of like vets versus lottery picks, I am in favor of just using the lottery pick, but it takes a specific team, like specifically Detroit in, in the, several year rebuild Sadiq Bay and, and, and Cade Cunningham are going to be really good. If they have a chance to add another really good player with them, then you've got the makings of, um, of a really solid young core. Jeremy Grant can just play with those guys. There's no reason that they have to trade him, but I think they want to trade him to kind of unlock the young core and, and, and not have to consider uh, extending Jeremy Grant if that's what he wants. Um, and so like, I think Detroit is a unique situation. The other trade scenario that was posed to me by listener Kyle, again, lockdownblazerspot.gmail.com is a place to email me these things. Listener Kyle said, what, what happens if the Blazers get fourth? 
Uh, and I was hoping the Tankathon spins would get us fourth so we could consider it. But let's talk about the fourth pick specifically, because I think this is a really interesting scenario. Uh, Blizzard have like a 10% chance to pick fourth. Uh, it's, you know, as likely, basically as likely as any of, um, as likely as jumping into, you know, 37% chance to jump, d- jump into the top four, about a 9% chance to get the first overall pick. And, and then about 10% to get the other three picks. So yeah, well, you know, one in 10 shot to end up fourth. Fourth is really interesting because I think there's a top of the draft that's um, clear cut, a consensus top three in the draft. I've seen people d- deviate a little bit, but almost every sort of like major source of like typical, you know, ESPN's mock drafts, the Ringers mock drafts, uh, the Athletics mock drafts, the ones I've seen on CBS, the one I've seen from uh, NBA big board, uh, Raphael Barlow on, on this network. They've got a top three. Uh, also, just listen to NBA Big Board. It's a great, it's a great podcast that has helped me kind of learn more about this. And Raphael Barlow is a, just a straight up expert on all things. He's he does this for a living, and you can tell why. He's a dude who really, really is plugged in and knows knows the stuff. So check out NBA. Check out NBA uh, NBA Big Board wherever you get uh, podcasts, or also on YouTube. But the the consensus top three: Chad Holmgren from Gonzaga. It's Jerry Smith Jr. from Auburn, and it's and it's Pella Ben Carroll from Duke, and then fourth is pretty consistently Jaden Ivey. But for the Blazers' specific spots, if they finish fourth, Jaden Ivey isn't what they need. Like he's he's good, and he's like a he's kind of like a a two guard type with some playmaking upside, but like a really good athlete um, can can like can really go and and has like not just like open gym athlete like functional in-game type of athleticism that you just jumps off the screen when you watch him uh grew as a playmaker this year and and is going to be a top four pick like is it going to be the fourth pick in the nba draft but the blazers don't necessarily need Jaden ivy in fact they just straight up don't need Jaden ivy if they're keeping dame and ant picking the a future small guard or future even just guard period is not their path forward so if the blazers land in fourth specifically I think this is the spot I would most consider trading the pick. All the other spots, just take it and get it right. Uh, I don't even really know what get it right means because I'm not a draft guy. And the way that NBA teams uh, whiff on draft picks so consistently, maybe no one knows. But like, it's get, take the pick, get it right. Fourth is the curious one. Because if they're fourth, I think there's going to be teams that really covet Ivy. And then maybe you can get something like the Luca for Trey Young swap, where you move back two spots to sixth or, or one spot to fifth because someone says, listen, we want Ivy so bad. How about Keegan Murray and a future draft pick, a future first? Then I strongly consider it for the Blazers. I str- fourth is the spot where fourth is... It, it's you're unlikely you're not going to get your guy right you're not going to get one of these top three studs but you have the most leverage at four um would like if if they get four though let me be clear on the package that i'd be interested in another top 10 pick and a veteran or another top 10 pick in the 2022 draft like another pick this immediately that you can use and a future draft pick that you could trade or, or select in the future in, in like, you know, 2023, right? Like I want, I'm not trading four for Jeremy freaking Grant. Like, obviously not. Uh, hell nah. Uh, like, but if you can get, if you can get, if you can move back a couple spots, right? To, to seven and get a 2023 draft pick. Yes, yes, yes. Do it. Like go do it. I think four is the leverage spot for the Blazers. Um, you'd rather just be in the top three and get a good player. But if you're not, 
and you land four, I think that's the leverage spot. That's that's Kyle's Kyle's question about the value of it. Um, I don't like I I don't think you're gonna get an all star level exchange at four, right? Like I don't think. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think you're just sort of like magically going to, to add an all-star, you know, like I don't, that's not how that's the value at four is not that high, but a couple, you could add a, you know, a, a decent role player and another first round pick seems like a reasonable package and a decent role player and another first round pick is kind of what the Blazers need because they're low on talent. They just need to add more talent. Now you might be screaming, Mike, 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 just, just take the pick. Like I said, I think I agree with you, right? Like that's why I would only trade back if you get in 2022. Um, if you get a 2022 top 10 pick, top eight pick, like that's that's what I would want in the package. But I think if a chance to use your leverage, four is the chance where you would pro- maybe potentially have the most leverage. You could have some at three, but I think you just take whoever's left of the top three guys at three. If you had four, the sort of the best prospect is going to be a little more obvious as not a fit. And there might be more people saying, I think, Jaden Ivey is going to be, you know, like John Wall or something like that. And so let's let us, please let me add a John Wall. And for your troubles, here's a couple different little treats, little sweeteners to make it worth the Blazers while. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Tell your friends about the show. Do me a favor. Tell them this is, here's two things you can do to support the show. If you're listening in the middle of May, you are a big Blazers fan. And I really, really appreciate you. The two ways you can support the show comment in the YouTube channel, uh, comments, help the, help the algorithm (laughs) spice up the algorithm, comment in the YouTube channel, or just tell a friend, do both. That would be the best thing. You know, just write go blazers or go tar heels in the, in the YouTube comments, or just tell a friend and say, listen, um, I love the blazers. I'm still listening to an every daily podcast in the middle of May. Check out lockdown blazers, wherever you can, wherever you're looking for us. Uh, we're going to have shows all this week, five more shows coming at you. We're going to bring back mailbag. We're going to have, have a little bit of fun and cover whatever blazer news should pop up in the middle of May. We're going to look ahead to draft stuff. And then next week we really dive headfirst into draft things. The, the off season's about to get cooking over the next 10 days, but I will be here with a daily show over the next 10 days to get us to the point where things really start cooking. So join me, tell your friends, come back soon. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.